Well, good morning, Revive. It's lovely to see you all here this morning. And I just want to pray this morning that each one of us is really open to what God wants to do in each of our hearts this morning. I think Anne saying about being interrupted by God is, is really important. I want to read a really well-known passage of scripture to start. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lay down in green pastures and he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul and he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The passage puts it slightly different, but you'll get the gist. He offers me a a place of rest in his luxurious love. He tracks, his tracks take me to the oasis of peace and the quiet brooks of peace. And that is where he restores and revives my life. This morning, I want to talk about God being a God of restoration. Because do you know what, church? That is who he is. You know, if you look right back at the beginning of the Bible, man messes up. God intervenes and God restores. And you know what? That is what the entire Christian message is about. But you know, church, so often we can grow used to that. But you know, it should be our daily experience. You know, in an ideal world, we wouldn't mess up. But God knows we're frail. Do you know, we mess up. God intervenes. We are restored. That should be our testimony as individuals, but as a collective body. You know, because Jesus died on the cross because God knew that we couldn't keep it together for long enough to remain holy and righteous. So we needed to do something. And you know, I want us this morning to think about how God restores us. It is the it is the ultimate purpose of God is to restore mankind, and that's what I want to focus on this morning. You know, restoration means to bring back or to re-establish, bring back to the former condition. And you know, I want to encourage you this morning, if if this is your first time in church and you might just be thinking, what are these guys all about? Do you know, what we're all about is we're all about admitting that we've all done stuff wrong, that separates us from God. But when Jesus Christ came 2,000 years ago, he died on a cross to pay for everything we'd ever done wrong, to take every single bit of sin and badness and sadness from us so that we we could be restored to what we were meant to be. Do you know mankind was not meant just to go to work and come home again and have a bit of leisure time on a weekend. We were created to have relationship with God, God Almighty. And this morning, if you are new to church or you've come because your mum's made you, or you've come because you sort of come because you're staying with family relatives and that's what they do. Can I just encourage you this morning to speak to somebody around you? Speak to maybe one of the people at the I said yes counter or speak to one of the people you've seen at the front because do you know what? God is desiring to have a relationship with each one of his children, each one of mankind. And this morning, that's what we are celebrating and we'd love you to celebrate it with us. You know, as I said, it isn't a once in a lifetime thing though, is it? God restoring us. You know, the current Pope spoke to a young man who felt that he'd messed up too many times. And this is what the Pope said to him. The Lord never tires of forgiving, never. It is we who get tired of asking for forgiveness. We need to ask for grace not to tire of asking for forgiveness because he never gets tired of forgiving. Do you know what, church? I think that's true. I think actually I get more fed up with myself messing up and feeling like I've got to go to God again and say, I'm sorry I've messed up again, than God ever gets tired of forgiving me. Do you know, God's heart is always to forgive and always to restore when we turn to him. And we need to just remember that. 
You know, in Job 33, verse 26, it says that he, God, restores to man his righteousness. That's what God is all about. So today then, all right, what, what, um, how good is God at restoring? I'm saying that God wants to restore. Sam, if I could just have my PowerPoint. You might remember this from the news a couple of years ago. Um, now, essentially, what we have here is we have this lovely little fresco that was in a church in Spain. And over years of time, it sort of got deteriorated. And so this lovely elderly um, lady in the church decided, well, it couldn't look much worse, so I can maybe try and make it look a little bit better. And this was her restoration. <laughs> now, unfortunately, as you can see, it didn't really go according to plan. Um, if I can just have the next one, please. Oh, no, actually, I've got this, haven't I? Oh, thanks, Sam. Sam's, yeah, Sam, I might just say the next one, please. So essentially what happened was, although the cultural officials said uh, she had the best intentions, um, yeah, she'd made a bit of a mess of it. Uh, next one here, this was a restoration that some chap had done in Ontario on a nice little statue. Originally, it was meant to be a temporary fix. You can see why. Um, but I think it ended up being there for quite a long time. Can I have my next one, please? Because I, 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 oh, shall I do it? Let's see. Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, this is a really good one. This was the Queen Fre uh, Fresco. And it ended up looking like something out of Disney. Uh, and, and, and when they actually discovered uh, the people who'd actually done the restoration, they weren't qualified at all and nobody had actually checked. However, here is one that's been done right. Praise God. All right, this is the adoration of the shepherds. I'm not into art history, incidentally. Uh, although I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it's just not my thing. But these are things that I've found. Um, but that bottom one, I think we would all agree, is being done right. Now, do you know, if I can just have that off, that's great. Cheers. You know, so often, I mean, we do need restoration. And sometimes we try and do it ourselves. We try and make ourselves right. Or sometimes we look to other people to try and make us right. And we end up looking like that bodged attempt that that well-meaning lady in Spain, all right, actually, that's what we end up looking like. All right, instead, what we need to look like is the last one. And the only way that you will be restored properly is through Jesus Christ. And you know, I really want us to encourage us this morning. I want us to become prisoners of hope that actually, that God is the one who will restore me and he won't restore me to look like the bodged one. He's gonna restore me to look like that glorious one at the end. In fact, he's gonna make me to look more glorious than I would have done in the first place. You know, we do often look to other people or to ourselves to restore us. And actually it's God who is the restorer of mankind. From the very beginning of time, it was him who, who started the restoration. Joel 2 verse 25 said, And so I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten, the crawling locusts, the consuming locusts, the chewing locusts, the great army which I sent amongst you. If you read that, there's the swarming locust. They're everywhere, all right? If you look then, there is the crawling locusties. Locusties? <laughs> Locust, all right? They're gonna get everything that's pretty low down. So you've been swarmed, then the next set come and they just get everything that's on the ground that's left over. The consuming, I reckon they pretty much eat everything, all right? And then the chewing, I reckon they're the ones that get the little bits of, of dared to stay standing. Basically, what it's saying is, I will restore the utter place of devastation and if you read it what it actually says is I will restore to you what 
what has been, has been taken. Do you know, can I be really honest with you, church? I hope you can handle a bit of honesty. But you know, a couple of years ago, I was really, really burnt out. I'd done a lot in church for a lot of years. And then I'd had a lot of difficulties at work. We'd moved house. I lost a friend. Um, and then unfortunately, a young family member of mine um, died in really tragic circumstances. And I just felt like it'd been one thing after another, after another. And I was totally and utterly burnt out, totally and utterly done in on every, every front really. And you know, I remember talking to a friend at that time and I said, I feel like I've been shipwrecked. You know, the boat that I have sailed on for many, many years that has done me good, got me through every journey of life, I've now been shipwrecked. And when I sat on that beach, all I could see was wreckage. Now, I sat like that for quite a while. I have to be honest, all right, in my burnt out state, I was happy to sit there for quite a while. And eventually I mustered a bit of energy and all I did on my beach was get the bits of wood together and started burning them because I had no intention of ever, ever venturing out. If you said to me today, Rachel, you'll be back preaching again, I'd be like, no way, I'm not even going to do anything in church again. And it wasn't church, it wasn't God, it was just a set of circumstances that had happened. Do you know? And so I sat on that beach burning my wood, metaphorically, metaphorically speaking and I, I, I just sat there for a quite a long time and if I'm honest I felt a bit sorry for myself I was really done in I'm really tired poor me lots of nasty stuff's happened do you know what but God is a God who restores do you know God didn't hurry me and thankfully can I just say church you didn't hurry me as well some of you have walked with me in that journey and you knew when just to back off and when to just give me a shove and go get going again Rach all right but you know God didn't hurry me but when the time was right God just said, he, he literally, I felt a hand on my shoulder and said, you know, you're on your beach. Yes, and I'm quite happy. It's quite a nice beach, God. I'm quite happy here. He said, look around you. And around that beach, there were trees. And he says, go get your axe and start building another boat. You know, God is a God of restoration. And that's my story. And that's really partly where all this comes from. You know, God can restore that that was utterly destroyed. Do you know, if you're a bit bruised and battered this morning, rejoice, that's nothing to God. If you can, if you can deal with utterly destroyed, you can deal with your battered and bruisedness. You know, sometimes if you look in the bit in Joel, that, the reason they were in that state is because they'd messed up. Do you know what? Sometimes, guys, we do get battered and bruised and sometimes it's our own fault because we've made silly choices. God can live with that as long as we repent. Do you know, go back to what the Pope said. He never tires of forgiving us. So, you know, if you're a bit battered and bruised this morning, but hand on heart, you think, well, I've made some daft choices. I've not done what God told me to do. Just repent and his restoration is here for you today. But sometimes, church, we get battered and bruised just because of life and because what happens around us and circumstances. God can deal with that too. He's not phased by that either, but he's here to restore us. You know, in that verse, it talks about the years that locusts has eaten. Do you know, sometimes we get so used to being battered and bruised that we think that's the way we're meant to be. You know what, church, that's not the Bible. If you read the Bible, the Bible is all about God coming to earth to save us, yes, but to restore us to the fullness of what we were meant to be. And you know, this morning, church, I don't want us to live in half truth. I don't want us to think that God saved us from heaven and we just have to sort of trudge along here on planet earth till we get there. That's not what the Bible preaches. The Bible preaches that there is life in God. There is joy in God. And that's the life we should be living. 
Um, in Job then, Job, I, also, I love Job, although I would really have hated to be of Job. I would have been worse. I'd have moaned the whole time. But basically, Job, you will remember the story. He actually ends up in a position where he loses everything through no fault of his own. And yet the restoration that he receives is greater. In Job 42 verse 10, it says, the Lord restored to Job his losses when he prayed for his friends. And indeed, Um, the Lord gave Job twice as much as before. In Moses' law, when something was taken like an oxen, it had to be restored four to five fold. In the New Testament, Mark says that anything you lose for the kingdom will be restored a hundredfold. You know what? God's restoration is better, all right, than what you lost. And we need to be prisoners of hope. I've mentioned this already today, but in Zechariah 9, verse 12, it's one of my favourite verses. Return to the strongholds, you prisoners of hope for even today I declare that I will restore double to you do you know what church I want us to be prisoners of hope that even though life might take us here there and everywhere and we might get a bit battered and bruised I want us to be prisoners of hope that we serve the God who restores double do you know I want to be a person who when I go through something negative I think do you know what I'm going to have double back for that do you know I mean I don't want to be someone that says actually I've got a bit battered and bruised and I'm going to stay sat on my beach sulking which I did do for quite a while um, I don't want to be that person I want to be a prisoner of hope that through every circumstance and every situation that batters and bruises me I say do you know what I serve the God who restores double I want that to be our testimony church every time we lose something I want us to have double back because we need to be those prisoners of hope that are believing God taking him at his word do you know church I don't know about you I don't want to lose out Do you know what I mean? Because I want to have everything that Jesus paid for on the cross of Calvary. You know, interestingly, and somebody in church, I'm not going to claim this is my own, but somebody in church just recently was speaking about Job. And Job had to pray for his friends before he was restored. You know, God was so bothered about restoration. He didn't want Job to have any unforgiveness in his heart. He didn't want Job not to be in right relationship with those friends. Be Um, encourage church that God is bothered about your total restoration you know the Bible tells us doesn't it to pray for those who persecute us you know walking in forgiveness is part of restoration it's not easy if any of you have ever been in a a busy car parking situation with me you'll know it's not easy uh, Tesco's in Beverly on a Saturday afternoon just don't go sorry uh, do you know the car park in there it's an absolute bum fight somebody nicks in and takes my car parking space Do you know, I find it really hard to forgive that person, but God's working on it with me. Joyce Meyer says, staying angry with someone who hurts you is like drinking poison and hoping your enemy dies. It's not happening, is it? Uh, So basically then, church, as part of, all right, being restored, sometimes we do need to repent, but sometimes we also need to forgive those that perhaps have hurt us. It's not easy, church, but it's something that we need to do if we're going to walk in restoration. So God is a God fundamentally of restoration. His restoration is better than it was before and he can deal with utter decimation because he is the creator. We need to stop expecting others or ourselves to be able to fix ourselves. If we've messed up, we need to repent. If someone's hurt us, we need to forgive. But the bottom line is we need to be prisoners of hope who believe that God is the God of restoration and he will restore to us double what the enemy has taken. So today, what might God want to restore to you? 
in the Bible, there's an endless list. Walls, cities, nations, prosperous states, hands, eyes, and various other body parts. Um, full well-being, his people, fortunes, life, leaders, lands, the, the place long devastated, all things, the possessed and the oppressed. Basically, the Bible points to us serving the greatest restorer of them all. But if I go back to the first scripture I read in Psalm, the psalmist says, he leads me by the still waters to restore my soul. You know, and I believe that God wants to restore some souls today. The soul is, in the word, is a life, a living being, a soul, a self, a mind, a personality, inner desires, the feelings. It can be translated in many different ways, heart, person, mind, but it talks about the whole person. God never forces himself upon us, guys. This is our choice, but God's desire is to restore us inside as well as outside. Do you know, we used to, in church, talk a lot about a word sozo, which was the word for saved in the New Testament. And it did mean to save, to heal, to cure, to preserve, to keep safe and sound and rescue for danger. God wants to restore us, our souls. He wants to restore us, all of us. It's a good little story that I came across not so long ago, and I really liked it. Farmer Brown, so the story goes, I think it's made up, um, lived during the Great Depression. He was having trouble keeping up with his mortgage payments and eventually the bank gave him 30 days to catch up on the back payment or face foreclosure. Then something wonderful happened. A man from the oil company turned up on his doorstep and asked to drill for um, oil on his land. Since he had nothing to lose, Farmer Brown decided it wouldn't hurt. The oil company drilled and hit a gusher. 82,000 barrels of oil a day um, came out of it and immediately he became a millionaire. Now the question is, when did he become a millionaire? Was it when the oil was discovered on his farm or was it when he first bought the farm? He was a millionaire from the moment he purchased the land but he, didn't, he lived in poverty because he didn't know what was under his feet and within reach. The Bible says God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Some people think that all God will do is bless them with salvation and then let them struggle on the rest of the time until they get to heaven. If you believe that, you are living in your own spiritual um, depression. You're spiritually poor, spiritually weak and spiritually deprived because you don't know what's available to you. Do you know what? Earlier on this year, Andrew talked a lot about us being sons and learning to receive as a son. Do you know today I want you to grab a hold of the fact that one of the things that is your right as a child of God is restoration. And you know, I really want to encourage you this morning to say, God, I'm going to become a prisoner of hope that in every area where I feel that something needs restored, that I am going to be restored and I'm going to be restored double. You know, one thing I really felt strongly that God wants to restore to some people today is peace. I think there's so much going on in so many places, in individuals' lives, but I really believe that God wants us to have peace. John 16, 33 said, These things I have spoken to you, that you may, be, um, you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Philippians 4 tells us not to be anxious for anything, but the peace of God 
will pass all understanding. Do you know, church, I think God wants to do some restoration work in this building tonight, tonight, today, even this morning. And I really believe that for some of you, he wants to restore peace. You've lost your peace for some reason. It might have been through things that have happened. It might just be because your nature tends to make you be more anxious than you should be. But you know what? I believe there is restoration of peace here this morning. And I would like to be able to you know, everyone in this place who needs restoration of peace to receive that this morning. Do you know, the Bible clearly says that we are to have peace. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. And it's something that is ours that God wants to restore to us. You know, in 2 Kings 4, we see the woman who's going through a really tricky time. And even though she's having an awful time of it, when someone asks her, she says, it is well with my soul. Do you know what, church? I'll be honest. Sometimes when a crisis hits, that's the last thing that comes out of my mouth. But it shouldn't be. It should be the first. Because I need to, I need to, and I'm preaching to myself as much as I am to you. I need to be someone that says, all right, there's trouble coming. All right, things are as they should be. But I know if I lose anything, I serve the God of restoration who will restore double. And do you know what, church? We need to start telling ourselves this and living it. Do you know, God's been challenging me recently about this whole thing about God being our friend, our saviour and our Lord. So often we get to God is our saviour and we just think, we just say, God, save me, save me, save me. But actually he wants to be our Lord. And actually when he's our Lord, we say, God, I'm going to actually follow you and trust you to do what you say you're going to do. Not just rescue me every two seconds, but I'm actually going to do what you say and actually see your word coming true in my life. So in this sense, what I mean by that is I want us to be prisoners of hope and then God will restore us. It's awesome, isn't it? Okay. Um, The other thing I believe that God wants to restore this morning. All right. I do believe God wants to restore peace to some people this morning, but I also believe God wants to restore joy this morning. Psalm 51 verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold uphold me by your generous spirit. Do you know what? It's so easy, isn't it, to do church, to get involved and to, to be involved in various different bits, come every week, see people. It's all lovely, but it's very easy as well for it just to become something we do on a Sunday. All right. And we can end up in a really sort of cold kind of state. You know what, church? We're meant to be a joyful people. Um, Galatians 5 verse 22 says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy. The Psalms are littered with being joyful. Um, Psalm 95 verse 1, let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Psalm 104, uh, sorry, 105, 43, he has brought his people out with joy. We are not, we wouldn't be encouraged to do it, church, if we weren't expected to be able to do it. God doesn't set us tasks that we can't do. Do I mean, God calls us to be joyful because we're meant to be able to be joyful. And I believe this morning that God really wants to restore joy to us this morning. You don't sound overly joyful yet, church, but I'm believing God, I'm believing God. You know, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And a famous um, theologian once said, joy is the simplest form of gratitude. Do you know what, church? I know for myself that when my joy drops it's usually because I stop focusing on all the good things God's done I stop focusing on my salvation I stop focusing on the fact that I'm saved that I've got a father that loves me and I start focusing on the little problems that I've got down here Do you know, and then I, I forget to be grateful for everything else it's almost like God's goodness and mercy and grace is poured upon my life is here and yet I sort of go over here and just have a little 
look down here and and do you know what I genuinely think quite often joy is the simplest form of gratitude and if I could turn myself from there to there ah that joy would return. This morning, church, I want to encourage you. God wants to enable you to turn from here to here so your joy can be restored this morning. I really believe God wants to restore. There's lots of other things, as I've said, that God wants to restore to us. Relationships is another area that I really believe God wants to restore. You know, if we go back to the Tower of Babel, all right, when the people put their minds together, they were going to build a tower that would reach all the way up. Unity is so, so powerful. And that's why the enemy loves to get in between us. That's why the enemy loves to get us to argue with one another or just to feel a little bit angst, angsty with one another. But you know what? God is for unity. Darren and I were really fortunate on Friday to be able to go out together, just the two of us, without children. It was amazing. We've got teenagers and it's really difficult now because actually nine times out of ten when we say we're going to go here, even when it's a really nice restaurant, they go, can we come? And you sort of feel a bit mean because it's not like, oh, we know you've got to go to bed. Do you know what I mean? Because they don't anymore. It's more, I don't want to pay that kind of money for you, sweetheart. Do you know, but Daz and I managed to escape for an evening and we went to see um, a group uh, that Darren in particular loves and I now love as a result of it. Um, and they're a bit folksy, but when those guys started to sing and play in Unity, guys, I know I was in uh, a music venue in Leeds, but do you know what? I had a spiritual moment and I actually got a bit teary because actually God really spoke to me about Unity and he says this is what unity looks like to me. You're seeing, hearing and sensing this and you think this is awesome. This is how it feels when my people are unified. And do you know what, guys? All I can say is in the middle of this little, under, it was like, in a, like a little underground thing. Mm, I don't know what to describe it. Cellar almost, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? It sounds weird now. It wasn't. Um, but like an underground music venue. Seriously, I had a moment with God and I got a glimpse of what it's like for God when we are unified. Do you know, I believe God wants to restore some relationships today. Do you know, it might be with someone in this room. You know you've got a bit of an issue with somebody else in church. Maybe something happened ages ago. Or it might be someone in your family. But I believe that God desires relationships to be restored. Back at the very beginning in creation, he restored his relationship with us. But he wants us to live in those restored relationships with others. Do you know, it is powerful when we dwell together in unity. Just a couple of other things. Nations, Isaiah 49, verse 6. Is it, is it a too small thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel? I believe God wants to restore nations. And you know what, church? That's a real big one. But some of you might just feel challenged this morning to begin to pray for the nations that they will be restored. Do you know, that is not too big for God. God can deal with utter destruction. Sometimes look when I turn the news on and think it is utter destruction. But you know what? That's not too big for our God. Our God is the God of restoration. Health, we talk a lot about health, but you just look in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament, it's in the New Testament. Jesus, wherever he went, there was people being healed physically. All right, there is restoration. Basically, when you look in the Bible from Genesis right through to Revelation, God is the God who restores. He restores our souls. That 
that bit of us that sometimes no one else sees, God restores. God wants to restore our peace. He wants to restore our joy. He wants to restore our relationships. I believe he wants to restore our nation and he wants to restore our bodies. You know what? If you go back to what I showed you at the start, when God restores, he restores right and he restores double. And we need to be people who believe God, take him at his word and say, come on, God, I'm going to be restored. Well, how? It's all very well and good saying God restores us. These are the things he can restore us from. But how? Well, I've already said we do need to forgive other people and and forgive other people if necessary. All right. But also repent. But, you know, if we go back again to the the scripture in the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. It says he leads me beside the still water. You know what? When I was really broken, God didn't come at me and say, you've got to get restored. Come on, come on, come on. He was really gracious. And you know what? At that time, I really needed that. I needed a bit of time. I needed a bit of space. I needed just to let that initial pain go. But you know what? God was there saying, when you're ready, follow me. You know, in the psalm, it is when the, when the person allows God God to lead them by the still water. We've got to be willing, church, for restoration to follow him. And you know, this week, I really believe that God's going to challenge some of you to walk a little closer with him this week because he wants to do some restoration work in your heart and mind today. Today, starting today, but moving forward. So forgive, repent, follow. I also believe that God does use time In Job 42, we see that by the end of Job's sort of restoration, he had seven sons and three daughters. Unless God had an accelerated baby grow machine, which I don't think he's got, all right, it took time. And you know what? I do genuinely think sometimes restoration does take time. God can restore in an instant. You know, there's loads of, uh, loads of places in the Bible where God instantly does something. But there are other times where it takes time. And you know, we've got to be willing to go on that journey. And even while you're in the process of being restored, you stay as a prisoner of hope. I'm, I'm going on this journey with God. God is restoring me. I'm a prisoner of hope. I believe he's going to restore me double. And that's what I think Job will have had to have done. Job won't instantly have woken up and all of a sudden found seven sons and three daughters. If he did, I think he would want to know where they had come from. And you know, if I go back to my shipwreck analogy, do you know, it was only when, all right, the time was right, did God sort of tap me on the shoulder and he did laugh. God does this to me sometimes. I could hear him laughing, going, you think you've been sat on this beach all the time and you're never going to get the wood to get back out onto the water again. But look what's all around you. It's trees, you muppet. Do you know what I mean, if I can say that in church? Seriously, because when the time was right, God restored you know, the lepers as well. In Luke, uh, in Luke, we read that about a group of lepers. Now, Jesus healed them, but it was as they went that they were healed. So sometimes God will heal in an instant, restore, sorry, in an instant. Sometimes it'll be over a period of time and we need to go on that journey with God. And other times it'll be as we go. Do you know what I mean, just in that instant, when, we, when we're obedient to what he calls us to do in that moment. Do you know, church, I think we just need to be prisoners of hope. People who believe that God will restore me because God, that's fundamentally who he is. He might restore me in a moment. He might restore me as part of a journey. He might restore me as I go. But God is the God who will restore and restore me double. Now, you might say to me this morning, oh, Rachel, I'm really pleased for you that you've been restored or that you're in, in the process of being restored. But actually, at the moment, I'm, I'm pretty cool, good. I'm really good with God. God and I are like, like this. 
I'm, I'm really pleased, and I mean that genuinely, not in a sarcastic way. But Galatians 6 verse 1 says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such as one with a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you are tempted. The reality is, unless you live an amazingly privileged, I'd almost have to say, spawny life at some point in your life you will need restoration do you know what I mean for something or other and do you know if you're in a good place at the moment and thinking you know what I don't feel I particularly need restoring right now just remember this word because the day might come when you do but if you if you're in that place rejoice but if you are in the place the bible says that we are to restore the ones that aren't we are restored to be restorers that's the whole point and you know, I want to encourage you this morning that if you are not in a place where you need any respiration, rest, we all need that, uh, restoration, <laughs> um, can I encourage you today to think about that as a challenge, that you have been restored to be a restorer. Now, it's not just in the church, guys. I don't know about you. I go to work and I go around my village and I meet up with people. Do you know there's a lot of need everywhere I go? There are people needing restoring left, right and centre. And do you know we are called to be restorers, to bring the restoration of Christ to other people, not just so that they can know him, but so that he can restore them to the fullness of what they are meant to be. 2 Corinthians 5 Verse 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away um, and the new have come. Now all things are of God and who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God in Christ reconciling the world to himself has not counted their sins to them but has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now reconciliation is just repairing strained relationships but it's essentially restoring strained, strained relationships. Do you know what church? We are restored by God so that we can become ministers of restoration. I don't believe for one minute the God who created heaven and earth wants mankind to be broken and stay that way. I don't believe Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, that we would limp through life, all right, until we get to heaven. God is a God of restoration and we are to be, we're called to be ministers of that restoration. And you know, I want to encourage you this morning that as you go into your workplaces, as you go into your families, be ministers of reconciliation and restoration, knowing that that is the very nature of God. If I can just have the band up, that would be really helpful. Cheers, guys. So basically today, if you feel that you need restoration in any way, shape or form, be encouraged because we serve the greatest restorer. Remember, it is God that created us. Therefore, it is God who knows how to restore us best. It might be that you need peace. It might be that you need joy. It might be that there are relationships that need restoring or physical or emotional things. Sometimes, guys, you know what? We can't even put a name on it, but we just know something isn't quite right and I just need God to do something. Do you know, remember, we serve the greatest restorer of them all and it is God's desire from the beginning to the end to restore his people. Do you know, we do though, church, we, need, we do have a responsibility in this. We need to ask God and we need to cooperate with him by following him. 
We need to be willing to repent when we need to repent, remembering that he's not going to get tired of forgiving us as quickly as we get tired of asking. But we also as well do need to walk in forgiveness. And guys, can I be honest? I know that's easier said than done. Someone's really hurt you. It's really hard to lay that down because actually you get used to feeling a bit mm, towards them. But we need to. All right, we need to forgive. And if we need to, we need to ask God to give us the strength to forgive. I've had to do that before. God, I don't want to forgive them. I quite like being angry with them. I'm quite happy, being grumpy. God, give me the will to forgive them. But we need to remember that God can restore in an instant, over time, or sometimes as we go in response to something he's told us. But church, we need to be prisoners of hope that we serve the God who restores and restores double. And that's the message we need to take out from here. You know, church is great. I love coming to church on a Sunday. I love seeing you all. Do you know what I mean? A lot of you, I've known a lot of years. But you know what? We are restored to be restorers. And we need to take the restoration of Christ out. Firstly, so people come to know him, but secondly, so that all their brokenness, all their sadness, can be restored to because this isn't just something for us who gather here on a Sunday this is for everyone God does not want to see any man broken but he wants to see every man woman child restored to that right relationship with him and to the fullness of what he's got for them do you know God knows exactly all right he knows exactly what each one of us was meant to be So therefore, he's the one that can make us exactly what we're meant to be, regardless of all the other stuff that goes on.